Well there, good evening, my great friends and uh, fellow uh, viewers here. Uh, it's great to see you on Facebook, Facebook, John C. Morley, Serial Entrepreneur, LinkedIn profile, YouTube, John C. Morley, Serial Entrepreneur, Twitter, Twitch, and Periscope. Welcome, everyone. If you are new to my casts uh, every single day, uh, right about for about usually five to seven days, I pick a topic, and every day I get a little deeper with that topic in specific areas. So today we are talking about how to deal with a liar, episode two. Episode one was the yesterday. And so if you're new, welcome. And if you are one of my uh, old viewers coming back, welcome back. It is great to have you here. All right. So let's talk about lying. So we talked about why people lie, but how do you handle a liar? Because a liar actually puts a lot of onus on you, can put stress on you, um, can make you jump through extra hoops, which really isn't fair to you, uh, your friends, your family, or any of your associates. It's just not fair. Liars um, exist for one reason, and that is to be selfish. It's not nice to say. Um, they don't want to take responsibility, so they're going to lie about things. If there's something that they can't give you an answer to or something that they don't want to own up to, they're going to lie about it. Well, my question to you guys is, so how long does this go on and, and when do you put an end to it? Because if somebody lies to you once, I mean, do you do you confront them? Well, confronting is a, is a tough word, but when somebody says something to you and it's not true, you can usually come back and say, um, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm very sure. Okay. And when somebody lies, what they do is very similar to if you ever seen like a piece of string or yarn and literally somebody takes, think of it like someone taking a pair of scissors, which I have right here on my side and um, taking this pair of scissors and snipping that wire, that cable, that thread. Because, you see, that trust can never be back again. You have to build a new trust. Because once that trust is broken, a whole new foundation has to be done. You can't just take the two wires and just, you know, connect them back again. You can't. Now, people that are watching me and that tune in for a few seconds and they tune out, you know what that means? That means that they're wanting to walk away from this. Most people that watch my content understand that what I do is to help others, right? However, when something hits a nerve, it hits a point that is going to expose them for something they didn't do. Uh, or expose them and make them look bad, but that's not the intention of it. However, this happens all the time because people want to say or do something other than what they should be doing. Now, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about people that, you know, want to just get in the limelight. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when somebody makes a deliberate intention to lie. Let's start about how... So how does a lie form? That's probably the best thing. So 
So how, so how, how are, uh, I'm going to call it, li- how are liars born? I mean, I guess that's really the question. Um, are people born uh, liars um, or do they procure and develop over time? If you have a conscience, which usually people do, uh, and you make that choice to lie, you're probably uh, going to start lying by second nature. And you're going to have no control over if you lie, when you lie, or why you lie. Um, I think there's some people out there that um, lie because they want to avoid punishment. And they feel that if they lie, so let me go back to a time when, um, you know, many of us were younger and maybe you had that famous uh, statue or you had that picture or something in the house and your parents or somebody say, you know, be careful in that room. That's an heirloom or that's an expensive picture, expensive painting. You know, just be careful around that. That's, uh, you know, that was that was your uh, great grandmother's uh, vase and. You know, she made that and it's over a couple hundred years old, whatever. And so, you know, you, you agree to be careful. But then you know what happens? Your friend comes over and you start playing ball in the house. Now, you already know that playing ball in the house is probably not a great idea. But for whatever reason, your friend's like, hey, let's play. We shouldn't. We can't play in the house. It's, it's, it's not that we're not supposed to. Oh, come on. Don't be such a stick in the mud. No, we're not. We should go outside. So your friend's like, yeah, let's play. Let's play. And he throws it. And he's like, and he breaks the vase. And or he puts their hand over their mouth. And then usually somebody says something like, you're going to get in trouble. I didn't do anything. It's your vase. Yeah, but you broke it. I didn't even want to play ball. You're the one that threw it to me, and I said I didn't want to play. You broke the vase. So that's how this is going to play out? You're, you're going to say you, that I broke the vase? Well, you did. No, I didn't. And so that friend leaves because he doesn't want to take the blame for what was done. And so um, you having a good conscience, you go back. First thing you might try to do is you might try to fix it yourself and you realize you can't fix it. Then um, you're going to come clean and say, uh, maybe it's one of these, these uh, you know, uh, beautiful uh, flower vases and you fix it, it looks great. And then maybe you put some water in to test it. And then you notice that it starts to leak or um, you fix it, you don't say anything, and then your mom asks you to go get that vase. You're like, oh, which one? Oh, you remember the one, your great-grandmother's vase? Oh, yeah. Fill it with some water, put it on the table. And all during dinner, you're kind of like, you know, with your hands just like just on on, on bated breath waiting to know what's going to happen. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden, you get through the middle of dinner, and you see this little tiny leak come out of the bottom of the, of the um, vase. Few minutes later, another one comes out. You kind of like put something in front of it, then another one, and another one on the other side. And um, before you know it, it's leaking again, and it's more. And before you know it, the whole table's starting to get like sprayed uh, from this vase. 
And your mom says, do you have something you want to tell me? Yeah, mom, um, I, I broke the vase. You broke the vase. I broke the vase. How did you break the vase? Well, I was here with Tommy and we were playing ball. You know you're not supposed to play ball in the house. I know. He said we should play and I threw the ball and I broke the vase. I'm sorry. And usually they'll come back to you and say, you know, there's going to be a punishment for that. But the fact that you you came clean is is really, really good. Um, we have some spammers again. Uh, thanks to you for letting us know, moderator. We're going to go ahead and put you in a block and a timeout. Again, we have uh, we have no time for those people. Uh, they will get blocked. I have two great moderators here tonight, Mary and Kevin. And uh, they are blocking people that are starting to cause um, contamination or attempt to cause contamination to our channel. So um, you usually get sent to your room or maybe um, you get punished that you can't uh, go to any parties for the next week. And there's a couple parties coming up and you can't go. And uh, you don't know what to say because you really didn't break the vase. You basically lied to cover your friend, some friend. And um, your buddy asks you, are you are you going to the party this week? You say, I can't. I, I, I got grounded. Grounded for what? For breaking the vase. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, when he ungrounded, maybe next week. Next week. Well, Karen's party's tomorrow, and Chris's party's Tuesday, and 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 uh, Michael's party's next Thursday. I don't know. And so, then um, you happen to be talking about this situation, and there's a uh, a person around, but you don't know they're around, and he doesn't know they're around. Um. Her little sister and she's kind of around and uh it's like yeah it's a bummer you can't go to that party or the skating or anything next week yeah all because i broke the vase well you didn't really break it i know you're the one that broke it i just told my mom that i broke it so that you wouldn't get in trouble yeah all right well uh looks like uh, i gotta get going i got a lot of homework and stuff to do all right we'll take it easy and now you're going home and you're doing your homework. And all of a sudden, um, your mom comes to you and says, um, uh, did you break the vase? And he's like, yes. It's like, she's like, no, you didn't. Why did you say you broke the vase when you didn't break it? I, I broke the vase. No, you didn't. Sarah just told me you didn't break the vase. Sarah wasn't even around. Sarah heard you talking to your friend and admitting that he broke the vase. You didn't know she was there. And you just suddenly um, froze. And she says to you, you know, um, you lied to protect your friend. And that's a different kind of lying but you really should have said something. I know you didn't want to snitch. So you're not grounded anymore this week, but I am going to call his mother. 
and I'm going to tell her that he broke the vase and that you lied to protect him and also that you actually told him that you didn't want to play ball in the house and he kept insisting. Mother makes the phone call and uh, next day you're in class and your friend's like, what the blank did you do that for? I didn't do anything. Well, you told on me. I didn't. Sarah was actually behind us and heard us talking. She told my mom. And my mom actually decided to call your mom and tell her what was going on. Oh, gee. Why? What's the matter? Did you get in trouble? Yeah. I have tickets to the Lakers next week. And I have tickets to go to the, the, the uh, Springsteen concert. And I'm grounded and can't go to either of them. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't have played in the house. Yeah. And so that lie caused an innocent person to get in trouble. I'm going to share another lie with you. Um, but then later in the week, I'm going to share a real big one that is very, very important that actually precluded to getting into legal situations from somebody that I knew very, very well. So some lies are what we call white lies. So if you go to like your grandmother's house or you go to a friend's house, they say, did you like the pudding? It's like, oh yeah, it was great. And you do that to be polite. Right. You hated the pudding, but you're like, oh, thank you. Can I have some more? Oh, no, I'm, I'm full. So that's a white lie. Nobody's really getting um, any repercussions. You're trying to preserve your grandmother or your relative's feelings. So that's a white lie. And those kind of lies are different than the other kind of lies. Because you're lying to basically preserve somebody's feelings. So that can be tricky, I know. We really should say, you know, Grandma, I don't like chocolate pudding, or I know you put a lot of work into these mashed potatoes, and I want to tell you that they're good. And they look great. And I, I don't like them. You don't like them. No. And so she goes and she tastes the mashed potatoes before he serves them. And she's like, you're right. They're horrible. I can't serve these. So you actually will help somebody by telling them the truth because now the entire family or, or group that's there is got to get this food that everyone thinks is going to be great, but you know it's bad. And you tried to preserve your grandmother, your relative's feelings, but what wound up happening is you wound up 
making them feel even worse because now everybody hates their pudding. If just one person didn't like the pudding or the mashed potatoes, that's just you. But now if 20 people don't like it, that's going to make that person feel really bad. That might even drive that person to never want to make dinner again for the family. So we don't think about the repercussions when we lie. So when that kid was playing you know, a uh, ball in the house. He was just trying to be a rebel, which happens usually in the teenager ages. And when you're a rebel, it's like, I don't want to say you don't tell the truth, but you go through this phase of, you don't really want to share anything. You feel like your life's all private and you're not lying, but you're getting all up in people's face when they start to ask you questions and maybe your parents or relatives are doing it for your own protection, but it's actually making you feel bad. So how do you handle these situations? So if a lie is going to, if you know that somebody's lying, you can go right to them and say, look, um, I don't know if you're telling me the truth or not, but I just want to share something with you. Whether you like them or not doesn't really matter. What matters to me most is the truth. Now, if you really like what I made for dinner tonight, I'm going to make it every night. But if you didn't like it, tell me so I can fix it or make something else. Now, that seems very innocent, right? Uh, friends lie all the time. Oh, are we best friends with such and such? And then you find out that they're not friends with you. I thought we were friends. Oh, well, we are. Well, Chuck and and uh, Paul said that we're not friends. Oh, yeah, Chuck, and they're, they're idiots. And now you go back to this person and you say to them, we're not friends. That's what he said. Well, he said you're idiots. Did you say that? He's not going to lie. And now he's going to be like, well, I might have said something to that effect, but, you know, I didn't mean it. And now that friendship is severed. And what happened a lot in uh, grade school and high school, people become friends, they break up. They become friends. They break up. I remember being in freshman year. And uh, there were a few people that I knew that came over from my uh, parochial um, grammar school. Just a few, not many. And so I had to make some new friends, which wasn't hard. But it was like they got to know you. And then if they learned something about you, then they're not your friend anymore. Well, I can't be your friend. I'm like, this is just so stupid. And then a week later, you know, I thought about it. And uh, if you want to be a friend, I'll still be your friend. And this was going on and on and on. And this was the most messed up thing I had ever seen in my life. But then when you confronted the person and said, look, are we friends? And they said, oh, yeah, of course we're friends. Well, if we're friends, then why is everyone else around saying we're not friends? Oh, and that's kind of lying too. That's lying. 
So I don't like the lying that hurts somebody. Okay. Now, we might say that it's okay to lie about the mashed potatoes or the food, and that's probably okay. But to be honest with you, no lying's okay. So I'm going to tell you that even though I just said that, that's wrong. White lies are even not allowed. They're not really allowed. I talked about one time when they're allowed. And maybe you're younger and uh, maybe you're not even a teenager yet and you're home alone and somebody knocks at the door and they ask if your parents are home and you say, oh, uh, yeah, my mom's in the shower. And they go away. Because if you say you're home alone, maybe they're going to do something. Maybe they're going to break in. Maybe they're going to, who knows what they're going to do. And so that's the only time when I'd say it's a green light to give that white lie because you're protecting yourself. Every other time in life, you have no reason to lie. Because if you become somebody that's a liar, it becomes part of your personality, becomes part of who you are. And suddenly you're like this person that people never know if you're telling the truth or not. We had a, a kid in my class. I'm not going to mention his name. I'll call him Paul. And he used to lie about everything. Teacher would ask him, um, you know, um, did, you, um, did you get something? He says, yes. Or did you do your homework? And he'd say, yes. And so then... Um, he, the teacher would say, okay, take out your books. And then all of a sudden he, he would, he would say, I'm not feeling great. He's like, I got, I got to go down to the, to the, to the nurse's office. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm feeling sick right now. And he would do this every time. And suddenly the teachers were getting wise. He's like, okay, you can go down to, to the, to the nurse's room, but, but put your homework out first. So what did he do? He threw up, regurgitated. And so that was more serious. And now because of that action, he had to get up. And so somebody said to him, were you sick? And he said, yes, but really he wasn't sick. He made himself regurgitate. See, that's a lie. And that person lied all the time. And I don't wish anything bad against any person but when somebody lies to you, they also can lie to you to take advantage of you. Like if somebody says they're your friend, right? And you're hanging out with her for a while and they say, oh, yeah, we're friends. And they're like, you know, Mike, are we friends? Yeah, we're great friends. Okay. And I remember I had three or four friends. And I remember um, them coming to our summer house down the shore and they came down, and they're all extremely nice to me. But in this, let's say they were down for about, I think they were down for, it was like a weekend, a long weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They were on their best behavior. They knew my parents were coming and stuff like that, but... They just kind of, 
pretended to like me so they could take advantage of the things I had. Going to a game first class or going out to dinner, all these things, they were using me. And I remember one person, and I said to this guy, and I'm, I'm going to call him um, Chris, that's not his name, are we friends? And he came back and said to me, yeah, we're friends. I mean, it's not like your dad pays us off to, to hang out with you. And when I heard that, I was very hurt. And I realized that even though they weren't paying the money, they were paying them. They were paying them with dinners. They were paying, and they were just doing this to be nice. But that's why these people were hanging around me. And they said they were my friends. I didn't really learn that these people weren't my friends until junior year. Senior year, everybody came, became everybody's friend because we were graduating and we we're all going different ways. And we kind of wanted to just connect with everybody. But they weren't my friends. And I was lied to. And I remember feeling hurt that people would lie to me. I remember after, um, it was after uh, high school and I went to college and I came home and it was a, a holiday, like the Christmas holiday. And I remember this, this one kid who didn't live too far from me. And he was going to hang out with me. And um, my mom, dad, was like, well, why don't you just, you know, go get a movie. This was when Blockbuster was popular. That's a while back. There was no streaming back then uh, or, or video on demand back then. Or it was just coming out, the video on demand. And, you know, my mom would order a big pizza or some food. And we would sit there and, you know... We would have fun and pizza and popcorn and snacks and cookies and ice cream. And so they always come to my house because we'd always have this big spread. And then after that time, I started realizing that these people are not my friends. Because... When I came back another time and I said, let's go do something, they told me they were too busy. And I said, they're not too busy, but that's what they're telling me. And I remember going to a restaurant um, when I came home from college. This was uh, in the summertime before I went down the shore. And I saw two or three of these friends of mine. And they're at a restaurant. I'm at a table, just myself having dinner. And uh, I just walked home. I said, oh, guess you guys got unbusy. Yeah, this is a last minute thing. Yeah, no sweat. I, I got to run anyway. And I realized they were not my friends. That was a very hard lesson to learn. But it's one I'm glad I learned. And it's never too late to learn it. So... Because my friends were lying to me about if they were available, they told me that I was their friend. But then 
they abused me and used me by the things I had. Coming down to our short place, um, I remember one of the nights, uh, I came back home and uh, one of the kids cooked and we we had dinner inside and we had these uh, Casablanca, these you know pretty um, long fans from our vaulted ceilings. And I remember us having dinner and something happened. I don't know what happened, but a food fight broke out at, at the kitchen, actually at, at our, um, at our dining room table. And I said, we need to stop this. And no one listened to me. And I remember, I remember going to my room and I'm going to be religious here for a minute. And I was saying to God, I said, I tried to be so nice to all these people and they're taking advantage of me and I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. An hour or two later, the noise had stopped. And uh, kind of have a moment here. The one kid that kind of was my friend that wasn't really my friend, he realized that what they did was wrong. He was trying to stop them. I went to my room and I was like crying. And it was about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 o'clock at night that I got up. And I walked outside of my room. Everybody else was sleeping. And this one kid, I'm just going to call him uh, Tim. It's not his name. And he was cleaning up the kitchen and clean up the floor. And I said, Tim, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just trying to clean up the mess. And I said, Tim, why did you do all this? He said, John, I said, I swear, I didn't throw one piece of food. I was trying to get them all to stop. Okay. And... um I said, the rug's a mess, table's a mess. I said, I know, we'll clean it up. And you're the only one here that's cleaning everything up. Where's everybody else? Where are the other five guys? They're all sleeping. I opened up my home for you guys to come in and share it with me. And this is how you treat me. I know, John. It's um, it's not right. And I'm looking up at the ceiling at the fan, and I'm just like, "Is that pasta and 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 spaghetti sauce on the blades of the Casablanca fan?" It's like I think so. And the fan's pretty high up, and and I'm just like, "This is just." too much and then I'm walking around just kind of checking some things and I noticed one of the doors upstairs to one of the guest rooms I noticed there was a big gaping I'm going to say big diameter hole like that in the wall They literally banged the door so hard that it went off the stop and it 
hit the handle through the wall. I didn't know what to say. But I always tell you karma comes back. That next day, um, two of the guys went out to the boardwalk to cruise the ladies going back and forth. And this was by Seaside Heights, not too far from us. And they would do something that's illegal, which is to put your radio on really loud and leave your windows open. They were just trying to catch the lady's attention. Well, the cops down there would prey on people like my two supposed friends that were just spending the whole day when the rest of us were at the pool and having fun. They wanted to cruise the boardwalk and look for, for girls. And we're trying to have some fun here like our last hurrah before everybody kind of goes away. And because it was when I was in high school, we're graduating that year. And they thought it was more important to go look for girls and not spend any time with us. And so um, that day they were going back and forth the boardwalk, like at least for hours from like eight o'clock in the morning till maybe four or five and I think around three o'clock in the afternoon, um, this one guy came back home, pissed. He started cursing with every other word. And I said, what's the matter? He's like, oh, the stupid blah, blah, blah. And I said, what happened? He's like, I got a ticket. You were speeding? No, I wasn't speeding. Said, what were you doing? He's like, it's so stupid what I got a ticket for. Said, well, what'd you get a ticket for? I was down by the boardwalk. You were walking? No, I was in my car. I was driving. So you were driving back and forth. But you weren't speeding? No. Okay, well, what were you doing? Were you throwing things out of the car? Were you... No. I had my radio on. Okay. Had the windows open. It's fine. They gave you a ticket for having your radio on, your windows open. Had the radio blasted so you could hear it like four blocks away from me. And I just went like this. And I was like, are you kidding me? He says, we got a lot of the girls' attention. And we got the cops' attention, too. To be honest, you kind of got what you deserved. That wasn't really in the law, within the law's limits. He's like, do you have anybody that you could help um to get me out of this ticket. Cause I got to come all the way back then here. It's a pain in the neck. And I said something, I said to him, I said, uh, no, now I did know somebody that could help him, but what I should have said back then, I've learned this now. I should have said, Hey, yeah, I have someone, but I'm not going to give them to you. Well, why not? Maybe you should have thought about that before you trashed my house. But I didn't say that. And so he's all pissed. Comes back to the pool, just kind of just chills a little bit. Was drinking a little bit. And is just really pissed. And there was one kid that was always cleaning up the kitchen and cleaning. He was just doing such a great job because he didn't want to get in trouble for this whole thing. Because he just, to say that he was really trying to keep everything clean. And... um about two hours later, so we're about to have dinner, this other kid comes back. 
and he's all pissed off. The same thing, yelling, screaming. I said, what's the matter? He's all, oh, I hate the I said, let me guess. Did you do the same thing such and such did? You had your windows rolled down. You had your radio blasting. And you were trying to catch all the ladies. And this cop also caught your eye. And he gave you a ticket for the noise. Yeah, he gave me a ticket for the noise. And he gave me a ticket for no seatbelt. <laughs> well, at least our other friend had his seatbelt on. Well, I had off so that if the girls came over, I could just pop out of the car. I was like, when will you ever learn responsibility? And they came home. And that was uh, Saturday. And my parents had come down from their business. And uh, they came down. And, and I said to my parents, I said, look, I said, uh, I, uh, I, I just, I just want to stop you before you come inside. Um, there's a little bit of a mess. Um, uh, we're going to try to clean it the best we can. Um, the other night, they had, they, they called, he said, is everybody okay? I said, everything's fine. There was a little bit of damage to a wall or so, and, and there was some pasta on the floor and on the fan. He's like, it's, it's okay. He's like, it's fine. So I just want to let you know that I'm really upset about this. I, I I don't know what to do. I'm just like, you know, it's like they're never coming down here again. So they come inside. How are you, boys? And they come in. They're hanging out. And uh, we're going to have dinner. My mom's getting ready to prepare dinner. So we're going to all go out for dinner tonight. So they took them. So I think we all have to the offshore. And they took everybody out. And uh, my mom looked up and I was like, like uh, so uh, you gentlemen uh, painted the ceiling and you, you put some new cosmetic holes in the wall. We, we can fix that. And they didn't say anything. They didn't blow up. Uh, we're going to block you again there, buddy. It looks like you're trying to, uh, to spam us. So we're going to block you. All right. Okay. Thanks, Mike, for letting me know about that person. Uh, we're just not allowing. We're not tolerating uh, jokers in here. And uh, they didn't say anything to the to the to the boys or the guys about uh, damage or anything. The one kid was like, "Oh, you know, Mr. 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 Swirly, you know, I'm really sorry. Everything happened." He's like, "You know, John didn't do anything. He was trying to stop it." He's like, "I tried to stop it." He's like, "I even cleaned the floors. I mopped them. I I cleaned all the walls down. I cleaned the carpet. The only thing I couldn't clean was the fan, and I didn't. I wasn't able to to patch the walls." And uh, he was like, well, if you need me to help, he's like, I could come down like with my relative. I'm sure we could come down and we could probably patch the walls and paint or whatever. They didn't offer one thing and he didn't even do anything. My dad's like, don't worry about it. We, 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 we've got a contractor. We'll, we'll bring him in. It's, it, it's, it's no big deal. Nobody's hurt. It's fine. And he didn't say anything. And uh, I said, I'm sorry. And they said, they said, well, you learned a lesson. I said, yeah, I did. I said, I didn't do this. No, you didn't. But you learned that these people just didn't respect you. See, I, I learned that. And so these people were lying to me. And I was so on the fence because I believed that these people cared about me, that they would do anything to help me, that, we're, that they were my friends from thick and thin. And what I quickly learned is that when challenges happened, they weren't there. They weren't there. But my parents were so calm with this whole situation. They just said, oh, let's, let's, uh, no sense eating here. Let's, let's, let's go out. Let's, let's go out to dinner. And my mom was talking to the other kid that was cleaning the kitchen and she was very impressed that he did everything. And, and why did he do that? He felt bad, but also, my mom was going to tell his mom that he really was 
I don't want to say an angel, but he was trying to do the best and he was not part of them because that's the reason why some people become friends and non-friends because they're in a wrong gang or a wrong group. And these people, I was, uh, let's say an adult when I was probably not even a teen, I had, you know, gotten adult responsibilities young, uh, by my choice and through my parents' businesses. So I knew how to respect things. And it was funny when I went to their house, I was always respectful and they took care of their house. And the only thing that my mom said, and 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 this other friend that was there, he says, you know, such and such, such that he said all the people's names, um, you know, um, I bet, I bet your mom wouldn't let you do this in your house. He said, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be hit, I'd be in trouble, I'd be, I, they would, I'd get hit, I'd be punished, I'd be, in... yeah. So why did you do it here? My friend was asking that. And my mom said the same thing, but just very nice. My dad really didn't say anything. And it was interesting just to see what was going on. And um, one time we were coming in just before everything was all a mess. And they would leave the doors open. So um, I said this thing to, the, to one kid. I said, look, I said, uh, do, we, do you live in a barn? Because we don't. And... Uh, we close the doors when we come in and out. I don't know what you do at your house. And the minute I started to relate something to their house, they started to like to digress and go inward. And they didn't really say sorry, but they were trying to show some type of remorse. It's the best way to explain it. So lying, unfortunately, sets a bad stage of character. And once somebody knows that you're a liar, it's very hard to get someone to believe that you're no longer that liar. Ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. Uh, and before I do sign off tonight, there was an interesting lady that I had a, uh, a chat with before in, in, um, uh, on one of the, the chatting programs, not on my phone. And they were talking a lot about, you know, life and how life has been throwing them curveballs and how they're not happy with life. And I said to them, you know, you get what you put out. It's like, yeah, but I like my job, but I don't like the pay I'm getting. And I said, be grateful. Well, I'm grateful for this, but I'm not going to. I said, yeah, but you're, you're, you're focusing on this, but you're focusing on more on the things you don't want. And the universe is going to keep bringing those things to you. And she kept coming back to me and she kept saying, John, she's like, yeah, but you don't understand, you know, uh, I, I'm grateful for a couple of things. Yeah. And then you're ungrateful for 10 things and you're focusing on that. And then she went into the fact that she has a certain illness and I wasn't even going to try to go there, but she kept bringing herself down because she wasn't able to take what I was saying. When other people were talking, she'd validate them and say, yeah, I validate you. And there was somebody else who was having a bad situation. And they wanted to achieve a goal. And I said, that's an amazing idea. But be grateful for where you are today and keep celebrating your growth up the ladder. Please go ahead and comment what you thought about this. Did you ever have something like this in your life? Comment about it. Tag your friends, your colleagues, and your associates. And of course, yes, yeah, share it out to everyone you know here on social media. And then what I want you to go do is go to YouTube.com, type in my name, John Space, E Space, M-O-R-L-E-Y Space Zero Entrepreneur. Look for the key phrase, help keep our content free. And below that, 
Uh, look for the link to PayPal and make the choice, ladies and gentlemen, to buy my team and I a cup of coffee. We'll be so grateful with those pennies and dollars. We'll invest them into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new staff to give you the most jaw-dropping motivational content. We are continuing our series Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to give you even more information. But what I want to share with you on Friday, I have something I want to share with you about a friend who took lying so far that it became a legal matter. And that's where lying can take you if you're not careful. If you keep pushing the pedal and lie so much that you're almost in court or you are in court. We'll talk about that on Friday night, but I have a lot more to share with you Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And uh, if you have something specific you want me to cover about lying, send me a private message. Uh, I'd be happy to uh, to entertain that. And if we have anybody here that has some specific instances and would like to be a guest on my show, I'd be happy to have myself or a moderator vet you before we bring you on the air to the stream this week for a few minutes. Because what I'm sharing with you is not what's in textbooks. This is real world knowledge. These are things that people won't tell you. And I know that I'm making an impact in your life. Well, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. It has been a great privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to be with you this evening. I hope you have a wonderful evening and a great morning, and I'll be back tomorrow to have another cast, which will be episode three. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.